Hello and welcome to episode 28 of Ask the Therapist and it's a big happy new year. Um, Lovely to have you with me. I hope you had a lovely relaxing yet I'm sure quiet Christmas. I don't think it was anything any of us expected, quite different from the normal Christmases and New Years but I hope you've had a lovely time, a nice break, you're feeling nice and refreshed and ready for 2021 because what a year 2020 was. But we all got through it. We've all found out that we're a lot more resilient than what we expected and that we are more adaptable than what we expected. And I hope you're feeling positive about the year ahead. So today I thought I would go through how to help you make changes, reach your goals, but also maintain lifestyle changes. And when you reach a goal, how to maintain it. Because I think lots of us will put in place New Year's resolutions or kind of been thinking about changes that we've wanted to make in our life. And the new year, January, is always a great time to get started with it. And so many of us have goals and ideas about what we want to change in our lives, but many of us really struggle to get there and then maintain them. So that's what I'm going to explore today. Because in cognitive behavioural therapy, that's the main therapy that I deliver, CBT, um, one of my main goals is that I help people understand the patterns that they are in. So lots of us can be in unhelpful patterns of thinking, behaving and doing. So I help people uncover the patterns they're in and then help them make changes in the way they think or the things they do to create new patterns that helps people have ultimately happier lives. So I do a lot of work with people around maintaining changes. Once they've made the changes, how they can then maintain them. First, I want to start with why don't New Year's resolutions work? Well, generally, they don't work because we put too much pressure on ourselves. The goals and the changes often are far, far too big. And we focus really on the end result and not enough on the strategies of how we're going to get there and our goals or new year's resolutions can feel overwhelming we can sometimes have too many of them we don't always have accountability so we kind of have them in our head when we don't tell anybody about them so there's nobody or anything to keep us accountable and sometimes we have negative beliefs about our abilities to achieve them so I might want to make a really big lifestyle change but I have a I could have a core belief that is nagging in the background saying you can't do that, you can't achieve that. And that's always going to set you up for not being able to maintain your goals. So let's talk through how you can make sure that the changes you put in place and the goals that you set, you can reach them and maintain them. I think the first thing to really consider is about keeping your goals or lifestyle changes simple. So really just focus on having one or two changes at a time, ideally one change at a time and give it your all. When we're having goals, I think I talked a bit on the last podcast episode about having smart goals. So they need to be really specific, measurable, achievable, 
realistic and timely. So if you any Google search around SMART goals will kind of direct you a bit more in depth about how to achieve and set up SMART goals. But keeping it simple is key. So when you've decided on the one thing you're going to focus on changing, it's likely that you're going to be taking something out of your life. So something, the thing that's going to change is going to take something away. So an example of that would be reducing a type of food like chocolate, reducing alcohol, reducing the time you spend on social media. And all these things that we have generally have a function in our life. They make us feel calmer or they distract us or they entertain us. They serve some purpose. And I think what I a mistake I commonly find is that people don't plan to put something in its place. So you need to first identify if it's take if you're taking something out of your life, what function is it serving? How's it helping you? In the even if that's just, you know, like chocolate you know, makes us feel nice for a moment, but in the long term makes us overweight and unhealthy. But it's really focusing on what the function, how it's serving you. So it might be making you feel a little bit happier or giving you a little bit more energy. So in that case, once you've figured out the function, you need to be putting something in its place that is as good as or better than what you're changing, if that makes sense. So um, an example is that every Easter, I used to have a bit of a cream egg addiction, which I think I've talked about before. Um, And I see a nutritionist because I'm, I'm really interested in my health and, you know, my mental health, my physical health. And I happened to mention that I had this cream egg issue going on. I was eating quite a lot of them every single day. And she was like, well, that's not great for you. So I really thought, okay, I need to change that. And I thought about how it was serving me and it was making, you know, a cream egg and a cup of tea. It's lovely. It's very soothing, very relaxing. And um, and you get a nice little bit of a sugar hit. So we looked at kind of what I can put in its place and it switched to a milky hot drink with a little bit of cho- chocolate in. So it was kind of similar, but it was a healthy change or was making a healthier lifestyle change and I so I put something in its place that I was going to look forward to and it was healthier for me so I was able to really think about the benefits of, of the change I was making and then over a few weeks I just don't miss cream eggs I have to yet get through the next Easter um, so we'll wait and see but it really that helped me make the switch so whatever you're changing you want to be putting something better or as good as what you're taking out in its place so if you're doing something that you're the the, like smoking I used to smoke years ago and I used to think that relaxed me actually smoking is a stimulant it doesn't relax you at all but that was the thought that I had in my mind so I put other things in my life that I found very relaxing and had to really work on them but I think the key is to put in place something else that's going to give you something that's going to fill that hole so you've just not got a gaping hole when you make a lifestyle change if that makes sense. Now I mentioned at the start why New Year's resolutions don't work and one of the reasons is that they are often they're too big and too overwhelming so we need to break them down. So you break them down into short-term, medium-term and long-term goals or changes. So if you want to make kind of, say smoking for example, you want to stop smoking. So the long-term goal might be not to have any nicotine at all, but a medium-term goal might be to 
be on nicotine replacement and then a short-term goal might be to reduce your smoking intake and then you just focus on the stage you're at the short-term medium or long-term breaking it down means that you're going to be less overwhelmed and more likely to make the lifestyle or achieve the goal and maintain it I think it's really important that we write it down we can't have this stuff just going around in our head I think when you write it write things down it makes you a little bit more accountable made a bit more of commitment to it as well and then you need to keep it in a prominent place think about in a diary or on your fridge somewhere where you're going to see it every single day so it keeps it at the forefront of your mind because life's busy and and things that when we're working on ourselves, it can be really easy for the things that we want to change to fall off our to-do list and go into the background and we ignore them for a while because they're hard work. We also need to review our changes and goals regularly. You can set alerts on your phone. So maybe on a monthly basis, have your phone alert you and say, just review where you're up to and the kind of things you want to be reviewing or the strategies that you've got in place. So the little habits that you're changing every day to get you towards your bigger goal. There are lots of habit and goal tracker apps. Um, So if you go to the app store on your phone, um, there are lots of really nice visual kind of apps that you can download now. And that can be really helpful and really motivating as well. I think it's also important to really know your why you want to make the change and what your motivation is. And there's a technique that I use um, in my therapy practice where when I have somebody who really wants to make a lifestyle change, I get them to do a little bit of homework. And the homework is, so you might want to grab a piece of pen and paper for this one. Press me on pause and go and get pen and paper. So I get people to write down all the advantages of changing. So what the advantages are of making a change and then the disadvantages of making a change as well. And those disadvantages are often the things that, you know, you get from the habit or the thing that you're doing at the moment. And that's what you want to replace. And then you write out the advantages of staying the same. Are there any benefits if you don't make any changes and are there any disadvantages of things staying the same. So I'll just go over that again quickly. You write out the advantages of the change. So if I'm gonna be going to the gym, if I start going to the gym, what are the advantages of me training at the gym every week? Are there disadvantages of the change, like takes up time, I feel tired, um, I might have low motivation to going. Are there advantages of staying the same and not going to the gym? Might be. The only thing I can think of at the top of my head, there's a cost involved in going to the gym, so I might save money if I don't change. But there's often there's not many advantages of staying the same. Are there disadvantages of things staying the same and you're not making the changes? You know, and if it, that was the gym, it would be that the disadvantage would that I wouldn't be getting healthier, I wouldn't be um, progressing and improving things. And I think that's a really useful, practical kind of way of looking at goals and lifestyle changes. I think it's a really useful exercise that everybody should do if you're serious about making a lifestyle change or reaching a goal. 
it comes from the work of Milner and Rolnick who um, work in the field of addictions and they've come up with a number of strategies to help people who suffer with addictions to different types of substances really evaluate where they are and work towards a change and it's that type of therapy is called motivational interviewing if you want to look a bit more into that and when we are making a change there needs to be enough pleasure in kind of the change that you're going to make so for example if it's I'm going to start saving more um, that the pleasure would be that I'll be able to treat myself to something nice or there needs to be a good amount of discomfort and pain in kind of not changing does that make sense so there needs to be enough kind of pull to get us to change that either it's going to give us a lot of pleasure or a staying the same is going to cause us a lot of pain and discomfort and sometimes we need to build up this so for example I think one of the, the hardest things I've ever done was when I was 30 so about 15 years ago now I gave up smoking and I really enjoyed smoking. I smoked about 20 cigarettes a day and I enjoyed having the regular breaks and I just really enjoyed it. I liked a lot of things about smoking. So I had to really think about the discomfort and pain it was causing me and every time I had a cigarette and it would, this was for about two years. I, I was 30 when I gave up but I really started working on giving up way before that. So every time I had a cigarette, I would work really hard on my belief system and I would really focus my thoughts that how horrible it is to smoke, the smell of it, the cost of it, what I really visualise what it's doing to my body internally. If I carried on smoking, what that journey would look like and where I'd be in 10, 20 years time. I had to really work on building up because addictions especially, there's often we get a lot of pleasure from the substance that we're using or the habit or pattern that we're, we're involved in. You know, it doesn't happen for no reason at all. You get something out of it. So you need to switch that so it becomes really uncomfortable. So that's how I did it with smoking. I looked at my thoughts. I altered my behaviour in that I would make it kind of more difficult for me to access cigarettes. I'd keep them at work or I'd have to go out to my car to get them. I'd only buy packs of 10 instead of packs of 20. So I had to keep, make it inconvenient for myself to carry on doing it. And I also worked every time I had a cigarette on pairing my emotions and feelings with my thoughts. So I really try to um, provoke a feeling of disgust in my body as well and how horrible it was and that really helped me you know eventually over time because I'd smoked for a long time before that um, it helped me to kind of pull away from it so when I was ready to give up I was really ready I was sick to death of smoking but that taught, it takes a lot of work especially if you've been in a pattern or a way of being for a long time I think visualization is a really powerful tool as well for any changes that we want to make and reaching goals and maintaining changes. So I really want you to think about your future once you've made that change, you've reached that lifestyle goal, how good things will be for you, the benefits of making that change. And the more you can 
imagine it, really flesh it out and put the feelings with it. So really think about how you'll feel when you get there. To recap that briefly, visualization, hugely important. Really place yourself in the benefits of the change you want to make. And that can really increase your motivation. Really focusing on what you think, feel and what you do as well. How we think, how we feel and the things we do create the worlds that we live in. And you can't underestimate the small changes that you make in each area. Making really small changes will ultimately add up and compound to give you really big results. So even if you think you've just done one little tiny thing towards your goal or your change, you know, really give yourself a pat on the back because it's moving you forward. So, and the more you do, the more momentum you get, and then you get this compound effect and you get to your goal quicker. Our thoughts are the result of our belief system. So we're a little bit like onions as people. So we have at the center of us, our core beliefs that have come from our experiences and um, often our childhood. So we have beliefs about ourselves, other people and the world. And those beliefs kind of shape how we, the rules that we put in place for ourselves and our thinking styles. And then as a result of how we think, it that impacts what we do. So we really need to be aware of our belief system that goes a bit deeper than our thoughts. So for example, if I want to lose weight, but I have a belief, and I kind of do have this belief as well, um, as soon as I think about going on a diet, it makes me want to eat, it really has the opposite effect. I just, I can't approach losing weight from a perspective of I'm going to be hungry because it just doesn't work for me. I know it works for lots of people. So I have a belief, um, and I think many people, especially women do, that I can't lose weight. While I'm thinking that, I am not going to be able to lose weight. None of us are. So we need to know what our belief system is because just as we are what we eat, we are what we think as well. So if I'm deeper than my thoughts in my belief system thinking I'm not going to be able to achieve that, I just won't be. We'll put it, we'll have self-sabotaging behaviours. So you need to develop a new belief system and that doesn't mean that it's very difficult to go from I can't lose weight to I will be able to lose weight but maybe just getting a bit more flexibility with that so um, you know instead of saying I can't or I don't know how to that you just soften that and you get to a point of maybe I can or I, maybe I struggle losing weight but I can make lifestyle changes that are smaller that will add up to me losing weight. I think that's where I am now. So I focus more on being healthy and fueling my body rather than losing weight. Healthier choices and the offset of that should be that I lose weight, I hope. <laughs> Changing our belief systems takes quite a long time and a lot of work. You first need to become aware of what your beliefs are. And I think, you know, having therapy is a good way of doing that or through journaling and thinking about the change you want to make, writing it out, writing out what your blocks and barriers are, the way you're thinking about it, that will pull up kind of some beliefs that you might have about yourself or about your goal or about your change. It's really important that you become aware of your belief system because our limiting beliefs will limit your abilities to make the changes that you want in your life and to maintain them. They're really gonna hold you back 
And you can't trick yourself into a new belief system. You have to believe it from your core. So it's something that in much the same way you would um, set up your goals in short-term, medium and long-term goals, that's kind of how you change belief systems as well. So you need to know what your belief is now. Often beliefs are around kind of I am or they're, they're about you. It starts with that kind of thing like, I'm not clever or I'm unlovable or I'm not intelligent or I can't do something. And then, so once you've identified it, think about where you want to get to with that belief system. So I'm okay or I can be healthy. And then look at what the short term or medium term is in that. So you can slowly start um, pushing yourself towards that new belief system. When we have in place a new belief system, then it opens up your eyes. You see new opportunities, new possibilities around you, and it will alter how you think and it alters your behavior as well. So your belief system is hugely important in maintaining the changes that you want to have in your life. Another important thing is that we've all made really huge changes in our life or reached goals. And we don't spend much time reflecting on positive things. So a good exercise would be to write down three times in your life where you have achieved your goal or you have made a really great lifestyle change and really think about how you got there. I almost think it's a bit like um, a unique fingerprint in what motivates us and helps us make lifestyle changes. There's always common threads, but often it's very unique to each individual. So for myself, for example, giving up smoking, I really needed to understand how bad smoking was from me. So education for me plays a really important role. I really, really need to understand it. Another lifestyle change that I made was learning to drive. I think I had a core belief of I'm never going to be able to drive. I found it so scary. And, you know, step by step over time, I was able to make that change. And now I get in a car every day and I don't ever think about it. We all went from not being able to write to write or not being able to read to read or not being able to walk to being able to walk. So we've all made huge lifestyle changes at some point. So go back to those times in your life and think, how did you do that? What were the key elements that were in place then that made that change successful for you? It's also going to be really empowering for you and give you a lot of energy and make you feel really positive. And that takes me on to the next point, which is that you need to be your own internal supportive coach, which means that how you talk to yourself is hugely important. If you're critical and negative, then you're not going to achieve your goals. It just, lots of people do try to motivate themselves through criticism, but generally it lowers our mood and it doesn't make us feel that motivated. There's an interesting story around this, that if you had a child and you were going to take your child to school and you had the choice of two teachers, one teacher was going to say to you that, look, every time your child does something wrong, doesn't do what they're supposed to do, I'm going to really berate them, really criticise them, give them a really hard time so they're not going to do it again. And I'm going to push them, put loads of pressure on them, tell them where they're going wrong and that should give us good results. And there's another teacher and their approach is completely different. 
So you're going to take your child to them and they're going to, every time your child makes a mistake, doesn't reach their goal, doesn't make the change they need to or do the learning, they're going to be really supportive and encouraging and educate them more on the topic and they're going to spur them on through compassion and support. Which teacher would you send your child to? It's an interesting question, isn't it? That generally for ourselves, we're really hard on ourselves. But if we had somebody we really cared about, we wouldn't motivate them through being hard and criticism. We'd motivate them through support and encouragement. So we have that wisdom for other people, but we don't always apply it to us. So when we want to make changes or reach our goals, one of the key things that you can do for yourself is to be your own supportive coach. There's a lot of anxiety and depression that's associated with self-criticism because it knocks down your emotional resilience. We don't feel good about ourselves when we're hard on ourselves and we have an internal bully. So really think about how you speak to yourself. I think with goals as well, we often really focus on the end result and we need to focus more on the strategies and the habits that you're going to do every single day to get you to your goal. So really work out the little steps and the habits that you're going to put in place and that will help you maintain changes. When we just focus on the goal, we kind of get a bit chaotic and we can lose direction. We need the strategies and the habits in place really firmly. And when we have a bad day and if we don't do the right habits or engage in the strategies, we need to just get back on the wheel really quickly. So again, it's about not beating yourself up. It's about kind of encouraging yourself to get back on the wheel, back on the track and re-engage in those habits and strategies that you know that if you do them day in, day out, and they can may just be really small that eventually you'll reach a goal. And I think that's the other thing as well. You know, goals, needs and lifestyle changes. If you think you can do it in six months, it might be worth trying to give yourself nine months or a year to do it in. Often we don't give ourselves enough time. They say it takes about six months to change belief systems, for example. That's quite a long time, isn't it? For those new beliefs to be really concreted in. And I know, I mean, I keep going back to giving up smoking, but that was definitely, it was a good year of me struggling to not smoke and work through that and I was putting in a lot of energy and after a year it all became a lot easier but you know it's harder for longer than you expect but the rewards are going to be fantastic so it's worth hanging in there. I think it's important that you know what your blocks are going to be and your barriers so what could stop you maintaining your goals or your change really have that in place and get an accountability partner somebody who's going to hold you accountable that's going to check in on you because you might be able to let yourself down but it's really hard to let somebody else down especially if somebody's really got your back and is really keen to see you make these positive changes it's really going to kind of double up your motivation and lastly I think it's hugely important that you build your emotional resilience so you you're generally working on yourself in a kind of very holistic way because it's really hard to make lifestyle changes and reach our goals if we're doing it from a place 
of struggle and lack and feeling burnt out and overwhelmed generally and too busy in life, the more solid you can make your psychological well-being, the easier it is going to be to make lifestyle changes. So you think about the things that really nourish you in your life, that you really enjoy and the things that deplete you in your life and you want to really focus on getting the nourishing things up. And on my website, I have a free guide all around building emotional resilience. Um, so you can go over to my website, sarahdreese.co.uk. It's on the homepage, and you can download that. And that talks through about five tips of ways that you can build your emotional and psychological resilience but I think it's it's hugely important so let me just run over kind of some of the things that I've gone through today I want you to really focus on your why and your motivation for making the change or the goal you put in place really work on visualization you need a really compelling future of what life's going to be like once you've attained your goal or made your lifestyle change is there enough pleasure or pain in the change? You know, you really need to kind of, it needs to have an impact when you make this change. It needs to be worth it. So you need to get rid of a load of pain and discomfort or have something really great at the end of it. So rewards are a really good thing to have in place. If you are taking something out of your life, make sure that you replace it with something else that's going to kind of fill that hole in a healthier way. Work on your thoughts, feelings and behaviour, the things you do, because our thoughts impact how we feel, what we do and create our worlds. So you have the power to create a world you love. Work on your belief system. First, become aware of your belief system. What are your limiting beliefs and how can you kind of move them towards something that's going to be more helpful for you? Be your own supportive coach and really watch how you talk to yourself and how you encourage yourself. Focus on having great strategies and habits every single day more than the end goal. You'll get there with really great habits that you do each and every day and get an accountability partner, have somebody to hold you accountable to the changes you want to make and maintain. And hopefully this is a recipe for really making some amazing changes and keeping to those New Year's resolutions in 2021. And I'd love to hear how you're getting on. And if you don't have an accountability partner, feel free to message me through my website and you can let me know what change you're going to make. And I'd love to hear about it. But I hope you've enjoyed today and I'll see you back in February. Bye for now.